About two weeks ago, I uh, was supposed to preach a sermon here at the church on a Sabbath morning, but unfortunately, I had another appointment that started at Friday night about two in the morning. Again, I had to drive myself to the emergency room, and at two in the morning, I start uh, the process or the painful process of giving birth. Another kidney stone. And I want to say thank God for morphine shots. <laughs> because every two hours I, could, I couldn't leave without them. And I'm here to tell you that every two hours when I would get my shots, I, I could hardly speak English. And some of you are laughing because I cannot speak English at all, isn't that right? That's my second language. It was worse. And the most interesting thing is that I was reading a book that uh, it was given to me by Pastor Gary, an incredible book, an awesome reading. We do recommend if you can get a hold of this book. It's called What the Bible Says About the End of Times as the Speculation Builds. Let us keep our eyes focused on what the Bible says. And this is from John Pauline, an incredible reading. So imagine, I'm reading a book about the end of times and I'm passing a kidney stone. I can tell you that was the end of time for me right there. Today, I have a different assignment. Today, I'm supposed to speak about the glorious and the blessed hope of the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Do you still believe it? Amen. Praise God. And I have to tell you one thing. I've been asking a lot of people about what the second coming of Christ means to them. What is the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about the second coming of Jesus? And the great majority of people, if not all of them, they always talk about the resurrection of the dead. Is that the first thing that comes to your mind when we talk about the second coming of Jesus? Also, something very interesting that happened to us this past week was that uh, my wife's grandfather, Renata, Renata's grandpa, passed away. She was in Brazil in the summer, and uh, she told me that when she came back, she knew that she was saying goodbye to her grandpa. She knew that she was seeing him for the last time. And during this past week, the entire week, there's nothing that we could, we could talk about but the resurrection of the saint, the coming of our Lord Jesus. I would like to share with you today the reason why I became, I became a Seventh-day Adventist. I grew up as a Catholic most of my life. My entire family are Catholics still. And when I received the Bible study about the coming of our Lord, and especially about the state of the dead and what's going to happen when Jesus returned, I could not help but become being a part 
signing up to be a part of this blessed hope of the second coming of Jesus. I'm not sure if you can see it well from there, but this is the picture. This is a picture of the reason why I became a Seventh-day Adventist. On the right-hand side, it's my grandfather. He passed away when I was about uh, 10 years old, about the age of my, my daughter today, the age of Gabby. And my grandmother on the left-hand side, she passed away when I was about 16 years old. I can tell you that uh, I cried at the death of my grandfather for about a decade. I could not even hear his name. I had dreams about it, and for a long time I missed this old man so much. And I'm sure that you also, a big part of you be, being and becoming a Seventh-day Adventist, if you converted to the faith as I did, it is because uh, probably one of the things that you await for the most when Christ comes is the resurrection of the saints, is the resurrection of those who love Jesus, is the hope of those that have already passed. The resurrection of Jesus is not only about uh, the, the coming of Jesus, not only about the resurrection of the saint. And I would like to share with you today some Bible texts that I believe can be very helpful for us to understand the big picture of the entire coming of Jesus. And uh, one of the things that uh, the Bible teaches us is that when Jesus was leaving this planet, when Jesus was going to the Father after his resurrection, he left words and instruction about comfort to those that were staying behind. Look at this beautiful Bible text found uh, actually in the book of John chapter 14 verses 1, 2, and 3. It says here, do not let your hearts be troubled, said Jesus. You believe in God and believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. Some Bible translation says that in my Father's house there are many mansions. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Comfort. That one day we too will be with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The second coming of Jesus also brings hope. Our prophets, our patriarchs, they also alluded to the second coming of Jesus. And look at this beautiful passage mentioned in the book of Job. Some people, some academics, they talk about this book being probably the oldest book that we have access to that is a part of our canons, a part of our Bible. And look what Job said even before the very first coming of Jesus when he was born as a baby. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. I know my Redeemer lives. What a beautiful hope that we're giving. Isaiah said, In that day they will say, Surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord we trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his 
salvation. Beautiful Bible texts about the coming of the Lord. Imagine that day when you also would say, this is the Lord whom I have been waiting for. The book of Hebrews, it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. And the Bible keeps on reminding us that this is what we should believe, that we are foreigners in this world. This is not it. The Bible also talks about this great expectation about the coming of Jesus. Look at this Bible text that says, For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. And for as lightning that comes from the east and is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn, when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. You have said so, Jesus replied, but I say to you, to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. This is from Matthew 16, Matthew 24, and Matthew chapter 44 as well. The expectation of the coming of Jesus, the hope of His coming. The Bible also tells us that we have about 300 mentions of the second coming of Jesus in the New Testament alone. Can you believe that more than 300 times the prophets and the writers of the New Testament, they are talking about the coming of Jesus, His soon return? This message was preached and taught by Jesus and this message was also shared by the prophets and those, the apostles, that after Jesus continue to bring this blessed hope, this blessed gospel, that indeed we can believe and trust that, yes, our Lord and Savior will soon return. The second coming of Jesus is also referenced many in many different ways in the Bible. We talked about the second coming of Jesus. We have allusions to the return of Jesus that is different from his second coming, but the terminology is pretty much the same. The Bible also talks about the descending of Jesus again into this world. Many other references about the second coming of Jesus mention his glorious arrival, the epiphany of his coming or his appearance, and also the manifestation of his coming the revelation of His coming. These are many different ways that the Bible, and especially the New Testament, has taught and has talked about the coming of our Lord Jesus. 
I also would like to share with you some Bible text that talks about exactly the way that Jesus is coming as we believe as Seventh-day Adventists, as we believe the Bible teaches. This Bible text in the book of Acts, it says, Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking up in the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven, he will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Again and again, the Bible repeats itself by saying that the glorious coming of Jesus Christ will be in the clouds of heaven, will be the very same way that Jesus has been ascended to heaven. And this is when the angels are comforting those that experienced Jesus ascending to heaven. Revelation 1 verse 7, it says, Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. The Bible continues to give us many, many, many different reasons of why Jesus is coming. Look at this Bible text. Again in John 14, 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. And this is from the book of Hebrews. Now from 2 Timothy chapter 5, chapter 4, 6 to 8, it says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, said Paul. The crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to those who have longed for his appearing. Reasons and reasons and many different reasons about the coming of our Lord. Another reason for the second coming of our Lord Jesus is also to the reestablishment of all things. The Bible talks about the event of God redesigning this world, a new world that is going to be brought back to the way it was intended in the beginning. A renewal of all things. The beginning of an eternal kingdom that will be lasting forever. A kingdom that is based on love. A kingdom, a kingdom that is based on justice. And then, another reason for the coming of Jesus is that evil will be banned forever from among us. What an incredible promise that we find we find in the Scriptures. The Scriptures also talk about what we should be doing as we, we wait for the Lord. And there are some Bible texts 
that also give us light into that too. The book of Luke, chapter 21, verse 34 to 36, it says, Be careful on your hearts, or your hearts will be weighted down with kerosene, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the faith of the earth, of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. Talking about the coming of our Lord Jesus. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. And now, dear children, continue in Him so that when He appears we may be confident and unashamed before Him at His coming. The Bible keeps on giving us instructions on how, on how to live our lives, how to be ready and how to be prepared for this great event of the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be and the Bible says you ought to live holy and godly lives. This is what the Lord asks of us. I know we all try the best we can to do everything we can according to the Word of God, but pray for this as well, that we all will live holy lives and godly lives. In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no questions about it that the Lord has some expectations for us. And the Lord has given us guidance on how we should be living our lives before the coming of Christ. It's very difficult to talk about the second coming of Jesus in not talking about the signs of the end of times. And I would like to tell you that uh, Pastor Gary and uh, Pastor Josie and myself, we have a, a long series on the signs of the coming of Christ. And we would like to remind you that we cannot go over everything every week, but we would like to remind you that these sermons they are on the web and i think we have about six sermons on this topic alone so we would like to encourage you to go back and listen to some of the messages that pastor gary has already preached and pastor josie as well but it's harder to talk about the second coming of jesus without talking about the signs of the coming of jesus and i would like to share with you an experience that took place with me not long ago i was asked by one of the local churches where i came from to have a sermon about the signs of the second coming of Jesus or the signs of the end of times. And I was asked specifically to have this message delivered to young people. So how in the world are you going to prepare a message to young people when you have to talk about the signs of the end of times? So what I did was I got one of my little cameras and I turned on the camera and I started just asking questions before saying anything about the end of the world. And it was amazing the answers that I was getting from the kids. And of course, we talked about many of them. 
We talked about signs like nations going and moving against nations and kingdoms moving against kingdoms. And this is from the book of Matthew. We talked about the sun becoming dark and the moon no longer shining. And this is from Matthew as well. We talked about many other signs that you can find all over, especially the book of Matthew, chapter 14 to 24, and also the book of Mark, chapter 13. The falling stars. And we talked about many other passages about false messiahs and false prophets. And the kids, they pretty much knew all of those things. We talked about uh, the preaching of uh, the coming of our Lord. We talked about the preaching of the great disappointment in the famous date, October 22nd, 1844. We talked about all those things found in the Bible. We talked about Sunday laws, and we talked about earthquakes that take place a lot if you live here, especially in California. We talked about the starvation and death for the lack of having something to eat. We talked again about wars and threats of wars, and these are things that are taking place every single day in our lives. Sometimes you don't even need to read the Bible again. You just get the newspaper, and you see those things happening over and over and over and over again. We talk about, in the last uh, 20 years, we had about 100 diseases that uh, start showing up, they were very deadly, that we still don't have answers for many of them. The world is really going into some chaos. We talked about signs in the skies. We talked about betrayal. We talked about hate. We talked about lack of love that will be experienced in the last days. We talked about the coming of Jesus suddenly happening exactly as it was in the days of Noah and when people were doing everything they were supposed to do, get married and give themselves in marriage, and suddenly the ark was shut, the door was shut, the door was closed, and the flood came like in the days of Noah. We talk about also the people being cruel and violent in the last days, exactly like it took place during the times that the book of Genesis was being written. We talk about economic crisis, and I know if you're like me, you're probably saying, we don't need the Bible to talk about that, do we? Just get the newspaper. We talked about disbelief and mockery to the holy things that God has left for all of us. Overall, we talked about living in very difficult times. As I'm giving this Bible study to one of my kids, there was a little boy, his name is Martin or Martin. He was a seventh, he was an eighth grader, I'm sorry. About 12, 13 years of age, short little boy, little chubby, uh, straight, blonde hair, green eyes. He had a funny way of talking. He would say, Mr. Delvecchio, I have a question. He was a very smart boy. And he would interrupt it here and there, interrupt me here and there, and he would have these questions about these signs of the second coming of Christ. And then you could see that he was not very happy with it. You could see that Martin would give me this look that he was, I don't know if the word was scared or frustrated, or if the word was, I want to get out of this classroom. This old man is scaring me with these Bible texts about the second coming of Jesus and the signs of the end of times. 
Suddenly, Martin looks at, looks at me and he says, Mr. Dovecchio, I don't understand one thing. And I said, yes, Martin, just ask. I'm here to answer your question. He said, I don't understand one thing. And what I don't understand is that why in the world every time you, and he said, my pastor from the church that he was attending, he said, every time we talk about the signs of the end of times, why do you have to look and sound so miserable? And I said, Martin, what do you mean? He said, I don't know. You look sad. You look depressed. Are you trying to scare us? Because that's what I get from the church I go to. He said, these are his words. If you don't believe me, I have a video on, on, on YouTube that you can check. His only words. He's saying, every time I go to church, my pastor is preaching about hell, about the end of the world. I'm not good enough. And I'm tired and I'm, I get scared all the time. Why do you, you guys do this all the time? And I said, Martin, we're talking about the end of the world. And we're talking about earthquakes. People die. We talk about disease. People die. We're talking about so many bad things, economical crisis. He said, yes, but you are missing the point, Mr. Dovecchio. I got this from a 12-year-old 12, 12 kid. He looked me in the eye in front of the entire class, 35 students in that class, and he said, you are missing the point about the second coming of Jesus. You are missing the point about the signs of the end of the world. Have you learned anything from a 12-year-old lately soon? And I said, Martin, what, what, can, what, do you, what don't you understand about all this? And he said an incredible thing to me. He said, all these things, Mr. Dovecchio, Martin said, all these things, they point to the second coming of Jesus. And I said, yeah. He said, you still don't get it, do you? A 12-year-old boy. You're still miserable when you're talking about it. You're still scared to death when you're talking about it. You're still scaring the kids around in this class. And you're missing the point that when you see all these things taking place, Mr. Dovecchio, he sounded like a prophet. Suddenly, a 12-year-old boy sounded like a prophet of the New Testament. When all these things take place, Mr. Dovecchio, look up in the skies, look up in the clouds, because your redemption is near, he said it to me. A 12-year-old kid, look up in the sky. When all these things are taking place, your redemption is near. And the best we can do is to scare each other about what's going on in the world today. And what's going to happen to those people that don't believe in Jesus? Instead, we should be telling them about the love of God. We should be telling them about all these signs and how much the Lord loves us because He promised He will come back again. It's like hearing little Martine saying, keep your chin up, mister. And I would like to share this message I got from this 12-year-old boy today. I know that you through are going through difficult things in your life. I know that some of you are coming out of surgery. Some of you not long ago had to say goodbye to a loved one that passed away, that was lost because of a disease, that was lost because of death. And I'm here to tell you, when all these things happen, look up in the sky because your salvation is near. 
Martina also told me something interesting. He said, if you show the video to any congregation you go to, make sure you bring some popcorn and some sodas. So since I don't have popcorn and soda, and probably Hans would not let me bring soda here in, on the stage, I'm not going to show you the video today. But he said, Mr. Delvecchio, rejoice and be glad because your salvation is near. We do talk about the signs of the second coming of Christ. We do talk about the end of the world. But here's the cure for you. Here's the gift for you that whatever it is that is going on in your life, keep your chin up. Keep looking. Remember the blessed hope that the Lord Jesus has given us that yes, indeed, He will come again. Luke 21, 28. Look up in the sky. Look up in the clouds because your redemption is near. I also remember the Bible texts from the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 when he says, brothers and sisters, talking again now about the second coming of Jesus and the resurrection of de the dead, I do not want you to be ignorant or uninformed about those who have fallen asleep or those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. Wow, you guys sound very excited. Should I read this text again? <laughs> For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And therefore, look at this beautiful passage here, therefore, encourage one another with these words. I was listening to a professor, of, an academic that I respect very much, especially when it comes to New Testament. And he was trying to bring light to this passage, the passage of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that we so much talk about it. And he was alluding to the coming of our Savior and our Lord, Jesus Christ. And he said that the term coming of the Lord, or parousia, or parousia, this term is not found in the Old Testament. It's not even found 
in the way that we think it does in the New Testament. When Paul was talking about the coming of the Lord, Paul was not talking about this second glorious coming in the clouds like we believe it is. You know what he was talking about? He was using this terminology of the coming, of this parousia, in terms of the way it was used with Caesar in Rome. Every time the mighty and the divine Caesar will come back from the battlefield, everybody will come to the city gates to meet this man, and they will be talking about his glorious return, his glorious coming again to the city as he would break through the, gate, through the gates of the city in Rome. And when Paul makes a... He alludes to this passage. He's using this terminology about the coming of Caesar, the coming of the power of Rome. And he's saying that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when he comes back, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the mighty God whom we have waited how amazing it is that when Paul is writing this in the terminology, in the language of the day, what people would hear about Jesus would be just an incredible way of putting him as Lord of Lord and King of Kings. I would like to finish with this. One of my favorite Bible passages of all times, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I think if we could toss it away, all the Bible texts, in the entire Bible, I would stick with 1 Corinthians 15. The book of 1 Corinthians says that more than 500 people, 500, more than 500 people saw Jesus after his resurrection. Amen? In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible says that most people, Paul was saying that most people that day when he was writing this beautiful passage, most people were still alive. In other words, if you're reading this message from Paul from 1 Corinthians 15, you probably could go on a chase and on a hunt and you could find people still alive those days that would say, yeah, I saw him resurrected. Paul continues to say that all the apostles saw him resurrected from the dead. And then finally, Paul says... I too saw the risen Lord, Jesus Christ, after his death, after he gave it all at the cross. Keep your chin up. Keep looking into the sky when you see all these things happening because your redemption is near. We'll continue on this blessed hope that one day I'm going to see my grandpa and my grandma again that one day you will see those that have already gone. We'll continue living in this blessed hope that salvation is coming, His soon return is coming, and we will be able again and again to see those we loved, that we lost, and we're never going to be separated from them again. I know life is complicated. I know that so many times we are discouraged to believe I have people many times ask me, do you still believe, Pastor Gilbert, that Jesus is coming? So many people open up in despair. Are you one of them? Look at these Bible texts. I hope they encourage you today that we're still hanging in there. We still can keep that chin up and still looking for that blessed day. When hope is taken away, 
remember these Bible texts because soon he will come. Your redemption is near. Keep your chin up. Keep looking in the clouds. It's been a long time since I've heard about the promise that you will come to take the chosen ones to you. Sometimes it's not so easy, but I still believe it. This world will not last, but I'm certain that you will. I look around and I can see that evil tries to take my life, my heart, my soul. But in your hands, I will deserve the precious moment that I've been so
Let's close with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we have uh, many people here today that uh, came to search you for you and uh, to listen to your message, Lord. And we pray today that you anoint this message in every single one's heart here, this blessed hope of your soon return. If anybody here is being discouraged, Lord, if life is being difficult and tough for some in here, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to encourage them through your Holy Spirit that one day we will see your face. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this blessed moment that we had, that we could learn from you, that you still will be one day coming to this world and will reunite us with those that have passed away already. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're chin up.